What's up, y'all? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. And you know that I love you guys so much. You guys are freaking killing it. I can't believe I'm almost at 100,000 downloads, and I cannot thank you enough for all of that because you guys are so showing up. I love straight talkers. I love who you guys are. And I love that you show up, not just for me, but the guests that I bring on here. Now, the people that I bring on are the best humans on the planet. And they come on here to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. And I am so thrilled to welcome uh, Stephen and Charlene. I hope I said their names right. I'm, I'm right, <laughs> right, guys? All right, just making sure, just making sure. Um, they're transformative coaches and the authors of Rewrite Your Life Story. Now their journey is marked by resilience and healing from infertility and has deeply informed them in their coaching, emphasizing the power of the human spirit to transform. Now for over 13 years, they have empowered individuals to break free from limitations using their unique blend of mind, body, and spirit insights. And their approach is both compassionate and holistic. Now, helping people rewrite their stories, guys, like, come on, okay? <laughs> These are seasoned speakers and educators, and they excel in making complex concepts accessible and actionable. So, I know that you guys are ready to dig in. So let's do this. Let's join these amazing humans. Thank you so much for being here on Straight Talk. I appreciate you. Thank awesome. you, Nina. It's Th great to be here. Thank you, Nina. We're, we're just over the moon to be on your show. I am so excited. Guys, for those of you who are listening, it is like 7 a.m. for them right now. It is like <laughs> 2 in the afternoon for me. I'm like wired and all excited. And they're like right and waking up. I'm like, listen, I can fall out of bed sometimes at 7. It's a good day. So tell me a little bit about you guys. So, uh, you know, I want to take our beautiful audience on a journey of who you are. I wanted to get to know you. So tell us who you are. Whoever wants to go first, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> you can go first, yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, so Nina, um, we're Stephen and Charlene. We've been um, we've known each other since we were fourteen years old, like since oh, we were wow. in, like before, uh, just during high school yeah. um, days, really. And um, just hit it off straight away. Like really great friends, and life's just taken us on such an amazing journey. Like getting to know each other, and then going through like after getting married, just going through so many different hurdles and managing them together. Um, it's just been like an amazing um, journey of discovery, really. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would note that. Actually, Nina, tomorrow is our 23rd wedding anniversary. Oh, so, so cool. Happy so anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. So we've been married for 23 years, but as Charlene said, we've known each other for over 30 years. So we basically grew up together and um, we decided to get married young, a um, few reasons. Um, we knew that we were meant to be together, but two, Charlene's father was going through some health challenges at the time, and one of his dreams was to walk his only child down the aisle. So Aww. we got married. I was 21. Charlene was 22, 23 when we got married. Yeah. And soon after, we decided we were going to have a family. And you know, we were trying and, and we just wanted to be young parents. Do you know what I mean? Like we, mm -hmm, we wanted mm -hmm. to have energy. We wanted to be young parents. And, you know, we, after two years of trying, we went, you know, said, oh, something's wrong here and went through testing. And that's basically when I found out that I couldn't have children. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge challenge to, to us as a, as a couple, mm -hmm. Um, however, I will say Charlene never judged me through the process. 
I remember when I found out I couldn't have ch children at that time, Charlene's father had already passed away. And I remember saying to Charlene, do you know I mean, I know this is your dream to be a mother and I release you from this marriage. If, if that is something that you really want, you, we're still young, you're still in your 20s and I totally get that. And Charlene said to me that day, Stephen, I married you for who you are, not for what you could give me. Mm -hmm. And that has wow. definitely been the foundation of our marriage. Um, Charlene never judged me. However, I judged myself. Yeah. So as you can imagine, it attacks every form of a, the male, um, your masculinity, who you are, things like that. Mm -hmm. And when we went through testing, there was no, no way that I could have children. So, you know, we just sat on that for about four or five years and then, you know, at the time, our belief systems were quite narrow and limited. Um, and, you know, we belong to certain groups of thinking that, you know, if it was God's will, he would do that. Um, and then again, that formed a lot of judgment as well um, and a lot of condemnation. But one thing I say is for me, it was more the guilt, that unconscious guilt that affected everything. Yeah. And I think for me, I found like rather difficult because. I'm trying to be there to support him and to go through the, all this because I could only imagine like what it would be like if it's the she was on the other hand, um, and for him to feel that way. Like oh, she's think, oh come on, you just have just foreign my belief in you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just managed through that. Um, you know, like Stephen's been so supportive. Like while we we're going through trials, like trying to um, do the processes of IVF, um, all those like different techniques that we had to go through all the injections and everything and all the processes he's been there with me the whole way and I know he says that you know he feels guilty but a lot of people use that guilt as an excuse not to be there for their partners and they shut down um, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. been for me all the way yeah. wow that's actually really powerful and I'm wondering and I what I want to ask is you know how how did how did you get through it though because you know, it, it, it is true. Love, you know, transcends all of these things, but we're mm -hmm. still human. Right. And so yeah. um, I'm sure that Stephen, you had to go through, you know, transcending that guilt, maybe anger, you know, um, the, the frustration, the condemnation that you talked about, um, uh, the judgment. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But also you, Charlene, like in those in those mm -hmm. quiet moments when you wonder, when you see I'm not going to be uh, a mother uh, to Stephen's children right now. How do I feel mm -hmm. about that? Right. This these are real things and people yeah, really yes. go through what you're going through. Right. And yeah. there's no you know, there's no judgment in that, but it is real. I mean, this is real. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And society sometimes plays that part. Like, yeah. So, Stephen, you can't have children. It does attack your masculinity in your own mind. Mm -hmm. I don't know if everybody cares about that, but in your own in your own being i'm sure it does and the same thing if the shoe was on the other foot women feel that way too you know yeah. so i'm just wondering how you guys allowed yourself to grow through that right while still maintaining the marriage the love the respect because i have spoken to marriages who have broken apart over this yeah, you know absolutely. so i just i want to strengthen the people who are listening who may be going through something similar and are trying to actually navigate what that means now in their marriage right in going forward so yeah. i would love you to speak to that like how how yeah. did you guys navigate that and 
respect each other for feeling what you're feeling. Does, does that question make sense? Absolutely. I, I think the first thing is we need to normalize infertility. I think when things aren't normalized, they create uh, boxes and silos and label people. So I think the word infertility in itself has so many negative connotations. And mm. um, when we look at infertility, it's actually one in six couples around the world struggle with infertility. So wow. it's more common than people actually think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the thing is, though, like, even though we, like, embrace, like, we're embraced with that information, people still going through that situation sometimes have their blinkers on. And they feel like, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, I'm the only person in this world that's going through this. And it's not like a conscious thing that they're going to think that way, but it's just like inwardly they're thinking, oh, my gosh, yeah. who can I talk to? Like there's a lot of shame around that. Like who do I talk to? My friends, my family? They they won't understand. Um, but it's surprising how many people do understand. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. Mm -hmm. And I think for Charlene and I, mm -hmm. we we started referring to infertility as childless by nature. So okay. there's, yeah, there's a lot of people that are childless by nature or childless by choice. And whether it's by nature or by choice, the outcome is the same. You are childless. So infertility, I guess, again, it, it has this negative implantation and it's quite hurtful and it's quite, um, it just labels people. Mm -hmm. And so what happened with us is we, we ended up, choosing the the route of a donor so we we started going searching for donors and mm -hmm. and obviously we and that took me a process as well to get my head around that as well you know oh, do i really I'm want sure. to go someone else because i i married this guy so i want him yeah. you know to be yeah, yeah. but then i had to get my head around the process okay it doesn't matter because he's still going to be there like he's still going to be the person raising that child with me so that's helped me to think okay you know that's all right and my, mm -hmm. the questions that were going through my mind was, will this child respect me as their father? Mm -hmm. um, and then that comes into play, you know, the, um, the, the concept of nurture or biologics, uh, biological father. So what is that real connection? Is it, yeah. you know, Nature parent by nurture or parent by genetics? So we, you know, through our research found out that, nurture is more important than genetics at times because you see some people have really close relationships through nurture yeah. rather than genetics. Yeah, I was so, going to say, don't you have those crazy family members you wish were yeah. family? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do. Yeah, we sure do. Um, and so that played a big role. So as I said, it was a five-year process before we actually jumped into IVF after finding out. So it wasn't a decision we took lightly. We also researched adoption. Um, Australian laws around adoption are very difficult. Mm. And though I know this sounds totally selfish, all adoptions in Australia are open. And I just felt that had too many... For me, I, I felt that was unfair to the child. It, it would create too many com internal conflicts. It would create too, too much confusion. Um, and I didn't believe that I could handle that attachment. So that was totally selfish on me, but I knew what was best for us at the time. So do you we mean ended up open? Do, I'm sorry, I just want to back up for a second. Do you mean mm -hmm. open like you would adopt it, but the parent can come back or the, they could still have a, a, a role in the child's life? What does open mean? Yeah, open Contact. adoption means yeah. they can still have 
uh, contact with the child, even though you're oh, the yeah, no, that's parents. very difficult. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, and then we don't have many agreements with overseas adoption in Australia, um, so it's very closed shop very in Australia. Limited, yeah. yeah, very limited yeah. your options. So that's when we decided to go through a donor, and we ended up doing eighteen cycles, uh, and we did fall pregnant, um, but we ended up in miscarriages. Mm-hmm. So on top of that, you've got the anxiety of don't choosing donors you've got the anxiety of falling pregnant you've got anxiety over the cycles yeah. and then the miscarriage the again that guilt was impacted but not yeah. only was the guilt impact you're then grieving again yeah so each cycle brings emotions of grief and guilt and i think um for charlene and I, we are getting back to how we healed the last straw, do you want to speak about the last yeah, straw for you? Absolutely. For me, I found like the last straw that made me decide, again, enough is enough, was when the final uh, the final round of egg retrieval, dis- I discovered that it wasn't viable. So they couldn't even get to the transplant stage. So like, yeah, that's, that's it for me. Like I've had enough. I've gone through the whole, yeah. you know, ups and downs, a roller coaster of emotions. And for this to, to not even get to the point of being able to be transferred, it's like, that's it for me. Yeah, like, and, the, and they retrieved eight eggs that time yeah. and none of them were like, viable. Yeah. Right. So, and that's and then on top of the the emotional roller coaster, which this is really hard already, but then yeah. all of the shots and medications and doctor's appointments and churning your life around, like it's a lot. I've had I have a friend of mine who's going through IVF and she it, it, it's a lot. I mean, just even the process before even harvesting the eggs or anything, the process uh, alone is very taxing on a human, right? Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that you were just like, I'm done <laughs> like get yeah. out of my face i'm out of here <laughs> right yeah because you've done it a lot right i mean that's a lot of rounds to go through and yeah. a lot of emotions for both of you yeah. i mean i'm glad that you guys thought of yes you know what nurture is going to be is is also a good um option because it is because mm-hmm. it is um but you can do that with the humans in your life You can do that with what you're doing now, pivoting into coaching people and helping people through all of this. Do you know the impact you leave on them too? That's also a legacy, right? Um, And I think we we downplay those things too much and we shouldn't. Um, I've had people that I I didn't even know I I affected their life in a great way from like middle school that still tell Mm -hmm. me that a conversation I had to them in middle school helped them in their life. I'm like, what? Right. So it's just to show you the impact that you can have on people's lives. I love what you're doing right now. Telling people to look at this in a different way. I love Mm -hmm. that you're on my show. I love that we're talking about something so real. Um, And I Mm -hmm. wish more people talked about it this way. Right. I love that, um, that, you know, the, the way you're viewing it too, that it is by nature and we are okay with that. Right. It's a journey. It's a journey. Very powerful. Very powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and it was at that stage that we actually went, we were still, we were coaching at the time we were, you know, running neuro-linguistic programming uh, practitioner and master practitioner courses Charlene was running, mm-hmm. meditation uh, certifications for instructors. And that was sort of like a not a breaking point, but we knew we had to retreat in our cave and we needed to 
can I say block the world out, but not really block the world out? Yeah, just retreat back into yeah. our kids yeah. for a little while and just just the two of us, you know, just sorting things out and thinking, okay, what's going on? You know, just give ourselves time just to grieve and just to work things mm-hmm. out together. Mm-hmm. That retreat ended out. up being five years. <laughs> that's beautiful Um, no that is really really beautiful to respect yourselves enough to do that because i think what what happens to a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or or leaders or stuff we don't give ourselves enough time and we think that a weekend is going to do it and it doesn't and then we're running and hitting walls and we're wondering why we're not productive but to give yourself a time to heal is huge. And most people don't do that. And this is not a little thing either, right? This is actually coming to terms with, we will not have children. Like, let's face this. Let's do this together. Let's understand this, right? It's not like something small, like a business decision, right? This is a huge thing. So I can imagine taking five years. I mean, I'm sure that it took that long to kind of wrestle with things at first and just love on each other again and be be back to where you were, you know, when you got married and loved each other so much. You know what I mean? Like that, because a lot of stuff comes into play. Let's be real. Marriage is hard, right? And so you have to like also navigate that. How's my partner feeling? And, you know, respecting what my partner feels at the same time, respecting me. So that's huge. So it took you five years to even to get it together. Okay. It took us five years to get it together. And I think I think the main thing was so much time and energy had been put into this one thing. Like we're talking 18 cycles. We're, right. we're talking, you know, like before we got married, we used to always have, you know, we're going to have four children. We had names for the children. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about something that we had created in our mind that was going to be our yeah. reality. Our, right. whole identity, our whole identity wow. as a couple was built around us having a certain number of children, having their names, how, how are we going to raise them? Like right. this whole process in our mind is how we were as people, like as a couple, this is us, we're going to be parents. And every time we'd had that little glimmer of hope through IVF, it's like, yeah, this is it, this is it, you know. And then for it to not go through, it's like, yeah, okay, another setback. Um, And just, you know, I think one of the things is that going through, when you go to different events and you see all these Mother's Day, Father's Day things, that's probably the hardest thing for us as well Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. we had to learn to respect each other and think, okay, well, all right, I might want to go to this, but you don't want to go. So let's just sit this one out together and find something else that we can do together. Right, right. Well, can I ask you guys, if you don't mind sharing, um, what those five years look like to you? Like what what was that retreat? What did that mean? How did you how did you navigate that? Yeah, I I guess um for for me it was I guess, again, the guilt played a big part because when we, Charlene said, that's enough, my body can't handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it got to the point where, um, and I don't, it got to the point where Charlene during her monthly cycles and things like that would just faint because mm-hmm. of all the hormones. Yeah. So it got to a point where it was playing a big part on her body. And Charlene had to go through a process of getting her body back to normal as well mm-hmm. um, because you know, she would, Mm -hmm. we would be at work and all of a sudden she would just faint and people would come run down and get me and say, Charlene's on the floor. We don't know what's happened. And it was because she was bleeding so heavily that the body would just faint. So there was a big, you know, healing process in her body. For me, the finality meant that this is final and I've done this to her. 
you know. So every time she would faint or, or something like that, it, it would again play with my mind, this is my fault. So the blame was very strong. The, the process of healing was, one, acceptance that now we are no longer child by nature, we are childless by choice. When we were able to make that transition and realize, you know, we need to actually rewrite our life story now. Mm. We need right. to rewrite our story and rewrite who we're going to be because we didn't know what our purpose was anymore. Right. We didn't know, like, even though we had been coaching and mentoring for many years and, and teaching for many years, our purpose, that was great at the time. Mm because we have always been in personal development. And I, and I will say, if it wasn't for the programs and the personal development, I think this would have played out a lot differently. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, um, because we as, we as a couple always attended courses, always read books, always did something to improve ourselves. So I think if we didn't have those tools and resources, we wouldn't probably be here today, mm. you know? Wow. And, and that's yeah. the truth. Um, and so once we realize, hey, we're going to be childless by choice now, not childless by nature, can I tell you just that one reframe set us free? I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. It, because that's that's a whole different, that's a whole different ball game. You went from victim to victor, right? You went correct. from uh, this is the victim of my circumstances to so this is the choice of my circumstance, and I'm happy with it. You know, I I've, I spoke to a couple recently um, who was also a childless by choice. They both can have children, but they're both childless by choice. And at first it kind of takes you aback, like, but you can have children. You know what I mean? But they don't want to have children. And they've they've both decided that in the early stages of their marriage, 17 years in, they're both very happy they made that decision. Right. And so you're right. There is a shift in the brain. And I'm, I'm hope that somebody who's listening right now that this can really touch them in that way where they can realize you don't have to be a victim. And in fact, I, I highly recommend that you don't stay a victim, right? Like you just have to look at the situation for what, what it is and then make a decision. Right. And so I'm glad you guys did that. Was that a, was that a mutual thing or, or Stephen, were you struggling a little bit when Charlene looked at you and said, I can't do this anymore? Or how did that play out? Yeah, sure. Um, for me, when Charlene said that, I totally respected her because I knew that the toll that it was paying on her body. And I always took the position that whatever her choice is, I'm going to be there because she didn't judge me. Right. Um, so, and I think for Charlene, it is harder because Charlene is an only child, um, one, and Charlene has no family in Australia. So, uh, well, she has family in Australia, but they're the other side of Australia. So she has no immediately family in Sydney. Um, whereas me, I come from a really big Italian family. Mm -hmm. And my dad also coming from like a family of 11 kids. So that was always my dream growing up to have a bunch of kids. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I could. <laughs> yeah. So, and and I have, you know, my, my brother has children mm -hmm. and, and for me, it was like, okay, I can't do this. You know, hopefully, you know, I've got family. I need to be grateful in with what I am. But Charlene has never said that's your family, which is really good. Her family is my family. My family is her family. Of course. So of I course. guess, yeah. So I guess for me, it was respecting her where she was and also knowing that this wasn't about me, even though it was about us. 
it wasn't about me. So I needed to, one, be present for Charlene. And at that time, being present, it was really interesting, actually, because when she was low, I was okay. When <laughs> yeah. I was low, she was yeah. okay. So there was a balancing yeah. between each other. Um, and Charlene, <laughs> you know, me being a coach, but Charlene also being a counsellor, she had a lot of more tools than I had at her disposal. And so I think the tools that you had played a bigger part in your healing Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Um, I think for me as well, <clears throat> excuse me, giving me away on me, <laughs> having had like a lot of the personal development um, throughout the, the years before, like one of the things I really picked up uh, from one of our modalities, which is the NLP, is the respect for other people's model of the world. And we, the yeah. idea that everyone has their own concept of what the world looks like and their story of what it means to them. Um, so just because someone has a different idea for me doesn't mean that they're necessarily wrong or right. It's just their model of the world. And for yeah. me to have respect for that model of the world helps me to be in the position of having empathy and respecting that, okay, you know, I might not feel that way, but that's okay. You know, I have a different model of the world. You have a different model of the world. And we all have different models of the world. <laughs> but yeah. it's yeah. what it is me you know what i mean yeah i mean but that's respectful right i i uh, i'm an nlp master practitioner as well and i just i realize that um you know sometimes our emotions when it comes to like our family or our, like anybody immediate we forget that we have these tools to our disposal you know because then our humanity comes in and we just start to wrestle with that uh but when you can kind of push back for a second and just say hold on hold on a second, they do have a different uh, map on how they got here, mm. a different journey on how they got here, right? Um, and I think it's it's just uh, beautiful that both of you can respect each other in that way. And that is a testament to a very strong marriage, right? Because I think one of the things uh, in marriages um, that our struggle is when we're trying to convert the other person to be what we want them to be or to be yeah. exactly like us, right? If we wanted to be married to us, we should have just stayed alone, right? But this is what <laughs> What we do we try to make other people be like what we want and um it's a big testament to that like i i you know i respect you guys for for doing that i respect you for showing people that model on how to do that even through the tough times and uh you know marriage is something that to me is very sacred um you know, i've been married 27 years and mm. you know um with my husband it's the same way i'm like you know i know you view it that way and i cannot blame you for how you view something that's different than how i view it um mm. and i think I think personal development to your point has been what saved our marriage you know because yeah. i realized i don't have to make him into my ideal of what i think he should be so now how are you taking all of that beautiful journey and information right because it is beautiful when you can learn and grow and expand and impact the world right so how are you taking that now and applying it to what you do today who do you do you work with couples do you work with clients what, what do you do today yeah, great, great question. I guess one of the healing processes for us was um, reevaluating what our past was mm -hmm. and um, taking the sting out of it and realizing that our past actually has made us who we are. Exactly. And we wouldn't change a thing. Like, yes, it was grueling at the time, but we wouldn't change a thing. And I guess then we discovered, well, that's us. We wouldn't change a thing. We're happy for what we went through. Even though it was hard in the moment, it's shaped us who we are now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's defined our marriage. It's defined our relationship. How many other stories or how many other stories that are not about IVF, 
that about just life in general have people been able to rewrite their narrative. Mm-hmm. And so this thing started brewing in us. Well, let's start interviewing people and finding out. And then we at the birth of the podcast, Rewrite Your Life Story, where we just interview people like yourself that have had some tragedy and have risen from that tragedy and rewritten their life story and wouldn't change the tragedy because it's who has defined them. Right, right. And can I tell you, Nina, the most growth I've had is in interviewing people. Yeah, yeah. Charlene and I were... Yeah, Charlotte and I were just driving the other day and I'm like, I am so grateful for the life we've got right now because I realise that we're helping people. I realise that our story has defined us, but I've met such amazing people along the journey. And so what we do now is we help people that are stuck in their story. To relook at that story as a third party person. That's good. And glean the learnings. So when we're stuck in victim, it means we haven't learned from that situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So good. So good. So good. Yeah. Right. Because if you looked at the situation, and I, I talk about this all the time, that's why I love what you just said. Um, and I, I try to encourage people in this all the time because. If you are repeating the story over and over and over again, you have not gotten the lesson. So get the freaking lesson so that you can move forward. That's why when I I go through something in my life that it's like a repetitive thing, I stop and I say, okay, all right. But see, I I believe in God, right? So I'm like, all right, God, what's the lesson? Because girlfriend needs to move on. I am sick of this lesson, right? I love that you help people with that. Now, do you do it as, individuals as couples like how do you work that it it really depends on the person and and the situation um definitely when it comes to um like if we're dealing with a couple Charlene will sit with the wife I'll sit with the husband you know we will have separate sessions and we'll have combined sessions oh nice because we, we totally respect that there are times that you can't be your true self when your partner is there yeah in fear of judgment and and I guess we need to we need to make sure that judgment does not play a part in our relationship and our model of the world. Or blame. That's right. Or blame. That's right. So by allowing that person to be their true authentic self outside of that situation, glean the learnings, we find that in time the couple comes together with mutual respect for each other and no yeah. judgment. Um That's I think so good. For, for us, you know, I also have an autoimmune condition and, and I speak into that autoimmune condition. And what I had to learn is not to judge my symptoms and not to call it a good day or a bad day mm. because that was defining who I was as well. Mm-hmm, and it's really mm-hmm. interesting. I, this autoimmune was only triggered during the IVF process at the last cycle. So my body oh, gave wow. me some interesting feedback. Yeah. And yeah. it was it wasn't until I realized, hang on, this is feedback from what I went through and what we've been through, that now I'm able to navigate. Again, I had to stop judging the symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, God. for me, yeah. I, like it was, even though Stephen would say, you know, like I feel sad, but like because he can't go out and do things like we used to do because of you know when I'm in a bad day as well it just is what it is you know like we just need to get you through this so that 
you know, we, when you are good, you know, when you're feeling okay, we can do something together. Um, but right now, like if you're not feeling great, you know, we just need to to be where we need to be. And I think Charlene, Charlene has, and I want Charlene, if Charlene can speak into this because mm -hmm. she's taught me one of the greatest lessons as a counsellor because I said one day I was like, you know, what if someone's talking to you and their values are totally conflict with what you do, like your values and, and you as a counsellor listening to the story and Charlene taught me the lesson of suspending judgment mm -hmm. and that has been a key to my healing. Yeah, because we all like, Let's face it, we're all humans. It's it's just natural for us just to sometimes judge. Yeah. You know? yeah. It just comes as a snap thing. Like it's not a conscious decision. Um, and if it is, you know, sometimes there's something going on in the background there. Um, but the fact is that we think, well, how do we not judge? You know, when someone's so different from us, what we can do is basically suspend that judgment, just putting it to one side for a moment and taking on like, okay, what would it be like if I was in that situation right now? Like how right. would I feel if I was in that situation and not putting it on that person but just taking a different viewpoint, thinking, okay, well, this person's got a different story in life and it doesn't have to be my story but it's their story and I have a different story from them, you know, um, and yeah. I wouldn't be, be judged myself. So how would it feel if I was to be judged for what I do, you know. Um, right. So just putting it to one side for a moment just to have an attitude of curiosity, not nosiness, yeah. but no, that's so good. And you know, it's true because I think that we also have to realize that we're all uh judgeable. Like we have we all have things where we can yeah. be judged. Um, yeah. and so suspending judgment is huge. And I think how much of a better world it would be if we all did that, kind of just suspended mm -hmm. judgment at first and listen to somebody's story. I realize there's way more connection in us and through us when we don't judge, right? So I was yeah. I was talking on a on one of my lives recently about, you know, um, I don't know, somebody was uh, having a talk about, you know, whether you're Democrat or Republican or left or right or whatever that was. And I started saying, well, you know, my neighbor, I don't know who she is personally, but I've been trying to serve her because she's dying of cancer. And um, not one time did I think about whether she was a Republican or a Democrat or an independent. I said, we need to really stop this nonsense. It's just nonsense, you know, because at the end of the day, if we're in the street dying or something's wrong, I'm not going to ask you, hold on, before you touch, touch me. Are you black or white or Asian? Are you are you a Democrat yeah. or Republican? Are you you know? I, I, it's just ridiculous. And I and I I love that Charlene. Like just suspending judgment and and even on ourselves. Like stop yeah. stop judging yourself for a second and just realize this is what it is. What can I do to to reframe and rethink this as opposed to constantly judging that same behavior over and over again? Which by the way keeps you stuck. It just keeps you yeah. stuck. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's like a self-sabotage. Like no yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It leaves no room for love. You know, um, there's right. That, uh, right. that Mother Teresa herself even said that we cannot possibly love someone if we're too busy judging them. Yeah. So good. So good. You guys are so loving. I just love you guys. I love your energy. I love the way you love and respect each other. I love your story. I just love every freaking thing about you. So I'm <laughs> going to definitely go and make sure I, I subscribe to your podcast. And uh, so but before I let you go, though, I do want my audience to know how they can reach out to you because 
uh, your your energy, your aura, like all of that is amazing. And I'm sure that, you know, somebody who's listening is either going through or needs something to help them transform and shift their mind. And so before I let you go, though, I do need all of that. Like, how do people reach you? How do they talk to you? Where do they listen to you? All that stuff. Yeah, great. So I guess um, the first place is our website is uh, www.rewriteyourlifestory.com.au. Um, and you can search us on any podcast platform that you're on and it's rewrite your life story and also from our website all our social handles are there so you can just dm us straight away oh my god i love it i love it any last words to inspire somebody who may be going through this in their life yeah i guess um healing happens in community and had we embraced a community we probably wouldn't have taken five years to heal Mm. but we felt judged we had the story in our mind that our community was going to judge us and not realizing that healing occurred in community. But don't be afraid as well to find a new community. If you feel that you're stuck in a community that you know is not supportive of you, find other people. There's a whole wide world out there of people that are going through different situations that are willing just to be there to support you. And if you can't find one, just reach out to us. We'll be your community. We'll support you. We'll be your cheerleaders. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. And, um, you know, I, I, I was talking to someone who was struggling with her community. It's funny enough that you mentioned that. And, um, you know, we were talking about how she doesn't know how to move forward. And honestly, sometimes we're just loyal to a fault. Right. So we're we're more loyal to the community or the person that maybe are serving other people, but that are not serving you. And sometimes you just have to be loyal to you. You know, when you're not in a community that's not helping you, enriching you, pushing you forward, supporting you. And when you're there, you have to ask yourself, am I am I loyal to a fault here? You know, Mm -hmm. so thank you guys for showing up today. Thank you for pouring into my community. I really, I cannot tell you how much uh, uh, I love this conversation, how present I was for this. I really appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I love it. Guys, I told you, you would love these amazing humans. I know what I'm talking about. Please make sure that you follow them. I will link all of their information below. Uh, You know, Just like Charlene just said, you know, if you are in a community where you're just not feeling that support, you're a little bit afraid to talk or you're being judged or any of that, find yourself a new community. And what better way to start than with someone who is telling you that they are not judging you, that they want to be there to support and honor you as well. So please make sure that you reach out to them. Don't stay stuck in your mess. You don't have to. You're not alone. You don't have to do this alone. This is why people like uh, Stephen and Charlene show up because they are trying to say to you, you're not alone on this journey we got you we've been here we've done the work and now i want you to go ahead and do what it is you have to do for you so thank you guys for being here i love you so much this is nina perez straight talk no sugar added until next time 